Welcome to the Reminger Report podcast on emerging technologies. Reminger Co. LPA is a full-service law firm with over 150 lawyers spread across 14 offices and serving states throughout the Midwest. My name is Zach Pyers, and I'm a partner in Reminger's Columbus, Ohio office. And I'm Kenton Steele, an associate in Reminger's Columbus office. This podcast on emerging technologies will examine how changes in technology and business models affect our daily lives and how the law is adapting to respond to these changes. Welcome to this special edition of the Reminger Report podcast on emerging technologies. Today, we are joined by a special guest, Olivia Weinstock, who is CEO and co-founder of Tandem. Now, Olivia, first, thank you for joining us here this morning um, on our podcast I, I know that you are the CEO and co-founder of Tandem. For our listeners who may not have used Tandem services before, could you tell us a little bit about the company? Yeah, of course. So first off, thanks for having me. Um, Tandem is a completely free connection platform for childcare. And what that means is that local families can easily connect with nannies, sitters and tutors for free and form relationships outside of us that are long lasting. When you say um, kind of form those relationships, you know, that are long lasting, that are outside of tandem, meaning that it's a possibility for these families and the uh, care providers essentially to maintain or, or create a relationship long term. Exactly. So our goal has always been to not make the decisions for both parties, but allow them to connect based on matched preferences and qualities, and then decide on the different factors of the job. So that can be how repetitive it is, the rate, kind of how they communicate. The payment all stays inside of us. And because we're fee free, that is never really a point of friction. Now, I've read your story just a little bit based upon what I've seen um, in in, in kind of a backstory, and I think you and I have talked about this before, but you kind of have a unique story about how you got into child care. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I always loved kids from an early age. I had three younger siblings. The youngest was nine years younger than me. So when she was two and I was 11, I decided to start a summer camp for her kids friends, essentially, her, her preschool classmates um, in my backyard. And that was a really, it was a makeshift camp. It was me and my friends kind of running it. And over the years, it grew a lot. And by high school, there were 100 kids coming um, from the neighborhood to my backyard to kind of participate in this camp. And what that did was really created a strong network in my community. So I knew tons of families who trusted me inside of the camp and then also throughout the throughout the year to watch their kids, and also to connect them with other people who may be a good match for their family as well. Now, I have to ask, how big was your backyard that you were hosting 100 <laughs> kids in it? Yeah, um, probably not big enough, <laughs> but uh, it worked. You know, I, I, I think about, you know, one of the things that you said um, about building that strong connection. And, I, you know, even in, when you were talking about building the strong connection between those members of the community, um, at when you started, you know, this this summer camp activity and about how you related that to building the connection between the parents and the providers before is I I'm I, it seems to me that might be a theme as we kind of delve into this topic right. and talk about it more. Um, but is that something that drives tandem is building those connections? Exactly. So 
over time, I just saw how intuitive it was for families to reach out to someone they knew and trusted to make that kind of word of mouth connection with someone else when I was unavailable to watch their kids. And there was a very clear gap in the industry in terms of finding a resource that could do that at large. So beyond just myself and the people I knew personally, there wasn't a place where people could go to find that free, reliable connection that they knew understood their family dynamic and kind of their preferences as well for their kids. You know, we always joke. So I I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but I have two children. Um, and it's funny, I always joke with my wife that when we find a good sitter, I'm like, don't tell anybody that we yep. have this sitter. <laughs> yep. I'm like, because I don't want her to become, I, I don't want, and we've had some really wonderful, wonderful ones over the years, but I've always said, I don't want to share them because I want to make sure that we keep them available. But one of the things that we've relied upon too, I mean, you know, pre all of these services coming about has been word of mouth yeah where we've and so we've had to know and rely upon other parents in our community to say do you have a good sitter do you have somebody um but it's sometimes hard because sometimes people don't and they're in between sitters because one or one's unavailable because it's a sports season or their family's gone on vacation or what have you so um, it has been a challenge at times when you, so I understand the struggle. I think that right. tandem is is working to try to solve. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit. Where did kind of how did you come up with the idea for tandem? I mean, for the actual service, kind of where did that come from? Um, and, and kind of what need, I guess, specifically did you see being unmet? Yeah, that's a really good question. I always joke that the company was kind of started accidentally. It just kind of came about and spiraled really quickly. But essentially, I went away to college and people would still text me from my neighborhood here in Columbus uh, asking if I could babysit on a Saturday night or I would be out of town. And people would be like, I know you're out of town, but do you have a connection? And it kind of just got to this point where I was like, this is such a demand that I should make it more official. Um, And so I basically sent out a message to all of my network and said, I am now making these connections more officially. Know that you can text me and I will be that word of mouth connection for you. Um, And the problem, like you kind of mentioned, is you, you kind of eventually form that network of friends and sitters and people you can kind of use to make more connections with other people who can watch your kids. But we see a lot of people who are new to the community, people who moved here and don't have family, people with really young kids who don't yet have those people to rely on. And so we're helping them form that network. Um, But back to your original question, essentially, I started making those connections more officially. And I I actually connected with um, a venture capital firm who gave me some advice around, you know, keeping this a free model and how we can do that by using fintech aspects and functionality for users. Uh, And so the goal was to be the first free connection platform. We knew other ones existed, but we wanted to be that that neighborhood connection platform that was also free, Mm -hmm. um, like a word of mouth connection is. I think that's really neat. Um, And it's a great story. And I mean, I think it goes, (laughs) I think it's funny that you were connecting people even when you knew you were unavailable because it, I mean, I think it shows how big that need is. Right, um, right. I, I mean, because how much parents 
sometimes struggle to find, um, you know, reliable. And and I've been there. The, when you yeah. were talking about having the young kids where you haven't yet met connections with other parents. Um, and I don't, I mean, I have family, but none of them live in the Columbus metropolitan area. So as you're describing this, I'm thinking to myself, man, I, I wish I this would have been available years ago when my, my kids were younger because I was totally in those shoes before. Right. And what we found is once people use Tandem for the first time, like I said, we're not blocking them from using those same providers again. What we're doing is giving them kind of a list of people. So it's like you're you're requesting that person you formed a relationship with over and over again, but then you're playing off of their network and their people they know on Tandem. And you're finding other providers through the site when, when your person isn't available. Right. Now, how did you... Where did the name Tandem come from? How did you come up with it? Or I mean, how did you how did you land on that? I'm always curious how people choose a name for their entity. Yeah, so Tandem's been through three names. When when we pitched to um, to our VC for our seed round, they said we're going to give you the money, but you got to change the name. So I had come up with the first name. It was Sitting Secured, um, and it wasn't it wasn't the best choice. We shortened that down to City. It was S I T T I. And for a while, that was our name, but we realized as we moved further and further in the direction of becoming a mobile banking app and giving all of that financial functionality to our users, we were worried about the aspect of Citibank um, and kind of interfering with with that already formed company. Um, and so Tandem was, was a name that we took a big risk on just because there are a lot of other companies named Tandem, but we thought it was a really good fit just because of what we're trying to create right now with childcare and eventually at large um, in other hourly paid worker industries in two parties working together and forming a relationship that is codependent, essentially. Now, I, I think you mentioned this um, earlier, but there are other services that are at least similar in the marketplace um, that seek to match you know, parents with childcare providers. And I think you already alluded this to a little bit, but kind of how do you see Tandem differentiating itself in the marketplace from those other, you know, uh, entities that are, are that are working to match the the parents and the providers? Yeah. So I would say the most obvious and biggest differentiator is that aspect that we're 100% free. So there isn't another platform where the family is not paying a subscription or a monthly fee to the site to use it and the sitter is not doing the same or the sitter is not losing a percentage of their earnings when the family pays them, which eventually leads to the two parties going outside of the platform for payment once they kind of realize what's happening. So the lack of fees and um, subscriptions is definitely our biggest differentiator. Uh, we actually struggle with that at times because it's it's a trust-based um, kind of message that you're going to get on our site and you're going to pay your provider and they're going to keep 100% and you're not going to see any fees. It's a very new kind of idea in this industry. Um, another one of our goals and big differentiators is we, we want to be highly accurate and we want to match people. So we don't want to limit people's options, but we use a back-end algorithm that is continuously growing as we learn more and more about our users that matches jobs with providers who we predict will be a good fit and predict will be successful with that family instead of just providing a search engine, which of course takes up more time on both sides. Now, and I think you alluded this, um, alluded to this at least a little bit, but 
earlier. But you're taking, you're also kind of taking the fintech aspects of of some of the payment providing services and combining it with you know the actual services that you're providing. Um, how does that? I mean, if you could, can you can you tell me how that works? How, how yeah. do you break that down, or um, kind of what aspects of the fintech you're working to kind of I don't want to say monetize it, but to right. To, to work um, in the space of tandem? Yeah, so essentially what we've done is we've combined what will be eventually a traditional mobile banking app where you can save, spend, transfer, manage your earnings, invest your earnings with a job finding app. So we are combining both of those things for the person who's looking for a job. And that means from the family perspective that they are able to connect bank or credit card, just like Venmo, it essentially works exactly the same way, and pay their provider through our site. When the provider receives that money, they have a full ACH functionality checking account with a bank and routing number um, and a debit card that is tandem branded. And so they're able to immediately go and spend their earnings as soon as they've made them. Um, They're able to save within their account or transfer to an external account. Eventually, the goal in the near future is to, to monetize that model by adding credit functionality, adding high yield savings accounts, um, adding, you know, customizable credit cards that is available, are available for an upgrade. Um, so those are all parts of kind of our revenue model. Uh, but right now, kind of the, the behavior we see in terms of people using what we call tandem pay is, is really promising and moving in that direction. You know, I think it's, a, I mean, let me ask you this. Do you have a lot of, um, as far as the sitters go, are there age ranges for who's, I mean, qualified or eligible to be a sitter on the service? Yeah. So when we started, just due to my background and babysitting from a really young age, I, I really felt adamantly that we had to allow under 18 um, year olds to to sign up for the platform. So as young as 13 can be on the platform. Um, the average age is 24. So we definitely have a lot more on you know the professional working nanny side. Mm-hmm. Um but but what we found is for everyone, it's it's really intuitive to make money where you, where you're being paid and where you're finding your jobs. Um, so kind of that that baked in platform exists and works for the 13 year old who wants to just spend their extra weekend earnings on their debit card, or for the 24 year old who is using this as their bank account where they pay bills, um, where they spend, and where they save. Well, so that's why, and I think you may have actually started answering the question or understood where I was going before I asked it, but. I mean, I'm. In th- I was. That's exactly what I was thinking about as a 13 year old. Um, I was thinking about how, in you know, frankly, that we're moving f- closer and closer to being a cashless society. Um, and as we move there, I'm thinking about how you know seamless it would be for a you know a 13 year old or a 16 year old who um, you know is babysitting to be paid and have a debit card and have access to that in that form without having to take the cash or um, or take the Venmo and then transfer the Venmo to their bank or however they want to do it um, but how intuitive it is to have it kind of built into that system and I just I mean that's why I was asking about the age because I'm thinking that that's really smart to give especially that age demographic 
um, the built-in banking, which, I mean, for some of them, this very well could be their first banking experience. Exactly. And that, that's been the goal kind of from day one is for a lot of people, this could be their first checking account. This could be their first debit card. This could be their first app where they're able to enter their budgets and their savings goals and things like that. So really playing off of that financial literacy aspect as well for people who are younger, people who are in college, um, those people who, you know, maybe aren't using this as their full-time job, but using it as their first job. And they're able to to safely find those jobs and connect with those families and then have that, that payment process built in where we're prompting them to use their money safely and in a, in a financially smart way. Well, and I'm sure that you've seen the statistics and you know that, I mean, that the... the the struggle in this country, I mean, in a lot of countries, but but specifically in this country with financial literacy is a real issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so reaching people where they are to help assist with the financial literacy, I mean, I think is is a very helpful thing overall to society um, in general, especially when, you, when you're able to start them. Somebody, not that, I mean, I know you said the average age is 24, but especially if you're targeting somebody who that made this, this may be their first job. Right. Um, you start them to have healthy financial habits early is obviously going to be better than helping them try to figure it out when they're 35. Exactly. And I think it's it's kind of a twofold goal for us. And there are tons of great first jobs, which we talk about often because we are targeting that demographic, late middle school, early high school, all the way up to college. Um, but for me, growing up, I mean, commu- having the ability to directly communicate with families and own that responsibility and be paid directly by them. It was never a check made out to my parents. It was money that was coming straight to me. And then it was my my goal and my responsibility to really use those earnings correctly. Um, And my parents were really open about allowing me to do that myself. But I think having that end to end, you know, finding the job yourself, communicating with the family and being paid and then and then using those earnings responsibly from a young age was really important for me in, in gaining some of that financial literacy. That's going to conclude the first segment of our interview with Olivia Weinstock, the CEO and co-founder of Tandem here in Columbus, Ohio. Join us back next week when we continue our conversation with Olivia. 